0: Uh, But it is encouraging to be here. we got people live streaming in. Good to see everybody live streaming in. Hope you're enjoying your hot cocoa and all that stuff. While we braved it, that's okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just kidding. I love you guys. We're just having fun. Um, So this morning we are going to conclude our series, uh, Soul to Soul. And it's a series that we've had to really focus on relationships in the scriptures. uh, To really see how the Bible describes great relationships. Uh, you know, when we wake up in the morning, I don't know about you, but when I wake up in the morning, I'm not spiritual, okay? I'm not able to have a really great, sound, healthy relationship with anybody when I wake up in the morning. Even two, three hours after I wake up in the morning, it's not a lot that, you know, I'm going to be what I need to be. And, and so I just think it underscores how powerful God's word can be because it can transform us and it can help us in our relationships with one another. Because at the end of the day, we can go to church all we want, we can attend a million services, but if we're not reflecting the heart of God in our relationships with one another in this church, with those in our neighborhoods that may not know God, with the people that we work with, with relatives, then what are we really doing, guys? Let's go to God's word and always be inspired to grow so that we can be the type of people that are inspiring to this crazy, dark, confused world. And, and if we just rely on our own wisdom and what we think worked 10 years ago or 5 years ago, that's not going to cut it. Let's go to God's Word. Let's continue to do that so we can have great soul-to-soul relationships with one another and also with people that really are seeking God in a deep way. So let's jump into the Scriptures and uh, go for it. Let's go to God. Oh, Father, we pray that you can use this morning to inspire us to imitate Jesus. Father, I pray that this morning uh, that something can be shared, whether even it's something that has already been sung, something that will be shared later. Use whatever you can to inspire us to live like you want us to live in this world. And uh, Father, I'm grateful for your scriptures. I'm grateful for the life that Jesus lived. I'm grateful for those that you inspired to record his life so that we can, a couple thousand years later, sit in our homes and read about how powerful he was. Mm-hmm. And uh, Father, please use this time when we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Mm-hmm. So this morning we're going to focus in, we're going to conclude our series focusing in with Jesus. We're going to look with Jesus and his relationship with Peter, John, and James. You don't have to look very far in the Gospels, and you, you can turn to any Gospel, and within a couple pages you're going to see the word crowds. Jesus could draw a crowd. No doubt, okay? But here's the deal. The Bible also records that, you know, Jesus took a night, he prayed all night, he chose 12 men to have more of a special intimate relationship with them, to really teach them in in really the ways of God so that they could carry on the work after he left. But there are certain moments in scripture when it's not Jesus with the crowd, it's not even Jesus with the 12, it's Jesus with these guys. And and I think there's something that we can learn from how Jesus made an intentional decision to sometimes block out the crowds and to get together with just a few. And I believe if we can really look at these scriptures today, it can help us in our own relationships. Um, So one of the first times we see this happen, we don't have time to go into it, but I'll give you the reference. It's in Mark 5. This is a time earlier in Jesus' ministry, he's on his way to heal someone, right? On his way, he gets kind of interrupted, heals somebody else along the way. Then he finds out, oh, you know what? I know you were originally going to go heal this person, but they're dead. No need to worry about it. But he still goes. And and the Bible says in verse 37 of Mark 5, he didn't let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. James and John are our brothers, this is early in his ministry. Towards the end, Matthew, towards the end of Jesus' earthly ministry, he's going through a lot. The cross is really on him. He's feeling it. He takes all the disciples with him to, the, to a place to pray. But it says that he actually takes Peter and James and John, the two sons of Zebedee, he takes them a little bit closer. It's just the three of them, you know, the four of them for a little while. And so once again, we see this dynamic where Jesus goes off. And in this moment, look at him connecting with those guys. Guys, we've been together for three years, man. I'm feeling it. I need you. Stay here with me. And so what we're going to focus on today is a moment that happens kind of sandwiched in between the two that we talked about. And we're going to look in Luke chapter 9. If you have your Bibles, feel free to open them up uh, and and follow along with us. Luke chapter 9, beginning uh, in verse 27. And... uh, this is right after Jesus, basically, they're, they're praying, actually, they're walking together, and, and Jesus pretty much asks him, man, who, who do people say I am? And Peter, you know, you are the Christ, you are the son of the living God, and that's really the first, like, public announcement somebody, one of his father's followers really says, and it's a powerful moment, and Jesus goes on to teach about denying himself and not being ashamed of him when he comes in his glory, and then in verse 27, he says, truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. And about eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him, and he went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. You know, look look at the Bible. It tells us specifically, they went up to that mountain to pray. Okay, how practical is that, guys? Let's get real practical. When was the last time you intentionally got together with two or three of your best spiritual friends for the express purpose to pray? Just a very practical question, right? And what I found is, unfortunately, a lot of us haven't done that. And I know what you're going to say next, because this is what I say. I'm busy. (laughs) I got a lot going on. I got a lot of things happening. You don't think Jesus was busy? (laughs) I think he was way busier than we realized. But he figured out that he can't... I don't think Jesus knew... He knew he couldn't do what he wanted to do if he didn't make moments like these happen. You can't either. You can't be the person you want to be. If you feel like you can just hang out in a crowd, show up on a Sunday morning like this, fellowship for a few minutes about football, about interest rates, about CNN or Fox News or whatever, and go to your car, I mean, do you really think that's going to help you live the life God wants you to live, it's not going to happen, right? And trust me, I've been there. But here's the deal. Jesus made intentional efforts to go away with close friends and pray. We can't be close to everybody, guys. But we can choose a few and try to really connect on a deeper level. I challenge you. Figure it out. Go to your calendar. Figure something you got to take out in the next few months. Get some time with close friends for the express reason to pray. Not to play cards not to talk about fantasy football not to talk about the gifts you got to go buy or all the problems in the church or the problems at your job or the you see what i'm saying because sometimes we can get together with people that we love and they're spiritual but we don't pray (laughs) we talk i was talking to that about my wife last night man we got to pray more think about just imagine if all of us made this just one decision from today to get with uh, some of our close friends for the, for the reason just to pray. Think about the impact that can have here at our congregation, North River. Think about if, uh, if it happens even consistently. Think about, think about the sins that can be overcome. Think about the, the spiritual battles that, that we can turn the tide with, with prayer. Think about if this room, just the people in this room, not even, not even live stream, just in this room, if we made a commitment... Because we see it in the life of Jesus, not because I'm telling you to do something else. But because you're convinced that this was actually an aspect of who Jesus was. It wasn't on his to-do list. He knew he couldn't live without this type of time with his close spiritual friends. I challenge you to stop posting stuff on the internet more than you pray. I challenge you to do that. Okay? There's something that happens in the time of prayer that we can't explain. I don't even know if Jesus knew this moment was going to happen as he was praying. There's no, there's there's no, we don't know for sure if he knew that he was going to be transformed in this way. Because something powerful happens when we pray. And we can't even explain it and we don't even know. But when we don't pray, we're powerless, guys. And we feel hopeless and helpless and discouraged. And then we go run to another person for them to fix us and help us. And then complain about how they're not a really good friend. If I have one more talk like that in the church, I swear I'm going to go home. You know what I mean? <laughs> Pray more. Yeah. Amen? Yeah, okay. So, amen. We can have way more victories, I believe. We've been looking at this one aspect of Jesus' life. He's praying. He, he's being... Transfigured. I mean, imagine if you were James or John, like, what is going on, right? Look what it says next. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. I mean, what in the world? This is unprecedented in the scriptures. I mean, these guys, like, you know, Star Trek, like, just, whoop, there they are, you know, on the mountain. And they spoke about his departure, which the Greek word is Exodus, right? Uh, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Two guys, Moses and Elijah. Think about these guys. These are powerhouse guys, right? When you think about Moses, right, and his tablets that he got, you know, Moses and his tablets that he got from God, you know? Uh, you got to be careful when you Google Moses and tablets. There you go. All right, there we go. That's the right one. Amen. There we go. Moses with his tablets from God. But here's Moses, the ultimate lawgiver, bringing God's word to the people, right? There's so much that could be said. I don't have the time to get all into it. But you do your own Bible study of the significance of Moses, the lawgiver, bringing people out of slavery into freedom, familiar with the wilderness, familiar with discouragement, and even at the end of his life didn't necessarily get what he wanted. Moses, what could he have said to him about about his life, right? He could, well, imagine the encouragement he could give Jesus, right? And Elijah confronting the, 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 the life that, that he lived, the, the political structures. Elijah just stood up to him. Powerful guy, miracle worker. And the cool thing that I think for the purposes of today, I think there's two guys that could say to Jesus, Jesus, it's tough following God, but you know what? You're going to make it on the other side, brother. But here's the deal. Moses could say, you know what? I was grateful that I invested in Joshua. Because after I left, he could take on the work. And Elijah said, absolutely, Jesus. I know those three guys are kind of knuckleheads sometimes. But man, I'm going to tell you, I was so grateful that when I left, I left things in Elisha's hands. Those three guys over there, I know they don't get it. I know they don't know what's going on. But way to go. You're preparing them. Don't stop investing in these types of relationships. It matters because you, you are going to depart. Your exodus is imminent. You've got to have people behind you ready to take up the, the mantle and go for it. So Jesus, don't lose sight of that as you go to the cross. Keep investing in these guys. I believe that probably could have encouraged Jesus. We don't know for sure, but man, I just got to think that might have been a part of that conversation. And so all of a sudden this is going down and Peter wakes up, kind of, he's a little sleepy, what? And he he sees in verse 33, you know, they're leaving and Peter goes, man, this is great. You know, it's good for us to be here. Uh, You know, let's put up three shelters, you know, one for you, Jesus, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And then Luke helps us out and gives us a little commentary. Peter didn't know what he was saying. (laughs) So I've read commentaries, it's all kind of interpretations of what's going on but let me just break it down I'm gonna give you my interpretation if I'm like 20 years ago if I'm hanging out playing basketball and all of a sudden Dr. J walks in Michael Jordan walks in Akeem Olajuwon walks in you know what I'm saying (laughs) cancel everything I got going on the rest of the day. I'm staying right up in here and I'm watching these dudes play basketball, maybe get hang out with them, maybe talk to them. I mean, there'd be something about these celebrities coming in. If you go out and go listen to some music and all of a sudden your favorite musician just walks in, starts playing a little bit, Bruno Mars, whatever, whoever you like, you're like, dude, let's stay right here, this is amazing. Don't we have a, I cancel my appointments, man, this is great. I think there's something of that in there. It's like, Peter's like, And this is phenomenal. Moses, Elijah, Jesus, here, nobody else. We get like exclusive VIP access. This is great. Let's just, let's stay here. And I honestly think that's our spiritual tendency. Let's just hang out and keep the saved saved sometimes. Let's just enjoy great worship. Let's enjoy a great church. Let's have great programs at the church. And you get caught up in what's going on at the church. And you forget, wait a minute. We're not here just to have a great show. It's not just about hanging out with Jesus on the mountaintop. It's not about having great worship experiences. It's, it's more than that. Yeah, take it in. Appreciate it. But don't just stay there and just soak it up and think that's what it's all about. And I appreciate, you know what, I appreciate, hey, while, while Peter's still making plans to build tabernacles, God, like, you know what, hold up. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them. And they were afraid as they entered the cloud. I would be too. And a voice came from the cloud saying, this is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, they they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and didn't tell anyone at that time what they had seen. Some people say Peter was trying to make Moses, Jesus, and Elijah equal and God needed to kind of make a confirmation. Yeah, Moses and Elijah are great, but there's only one person you need to focus on. And that's Jesus. So when the smoke clears, we better be focused on Jesus too. And we're not there just to take it in. We're there to take it in, but then to go out and help the world that's hurting. And and these brothers needed to hear that and I believe it was inspiring to them. And because when you look at their lives after these intimate moments where they prayed, where there was power in their prayer, where they really were reminded of their purpose, of what they were there for, what kind of impact did it have on these guys? You know, unfortunately, James, we, his life got cut short. Do your own Bible study. Acts chapter 12. He's the first apostle that gets murdered. Acts chapter 12. So we didn't get to see how his life kind of played out, but he was a leader of the church and he was a strong leader. So strong that Herod himself had him killed, you know, so he he, he stood his ground and he did not cower at the end of his life. So he was ready to stand up for Jesus, even to the point of losing his life. And I got to believe that these moments fortified his faith when he knew that he was about to be executed. But what about John? Did this this stuff have impact on him? Remember John's gospel. John chapter 1. Verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only son who came from the father. Full of grace and truth. We've seen it. And John, he was a powerful leader in the church. And then don't forget about this. I didn't have time to get into it. But who was John? John John was a fisherman with his his brother James, fisherman. And you know what they were known for? Being hardcore. Those dudes were hardcore. Jesus wanted to go into a village, and the village said, no, we don't want him in here. And John and James bowed up. They were like, "Uh uh-uh, no. Jesus rained down fire on that village. Jesus said, hold up, man. That's not how I roll, bro. You got to relax. Y'all are like sons of thunder up in here. And that's the nickname he gave them, sons of thunder. Just like rain down, no grace, let's go, right? Right, no grace. But here he's talking about Jesus was full of grace and truth, right? John, transformed, right? Because he doesn't get transformed just by looking and listening to Jesus. It's, It's that constant intimacy. It's that connection, and it's being around a small group of, of people too, trying to live it out too. That's why we need each other. We, we, get, we change, we grow in our character. Some of you are stuck because you refuse to allow people in your life. And you got so many excuses. And you bring up the past so much that you can't even move forward. Biblically, you need people in your life, spiritually. Imperfect people... That sometimes don't see it the way you see it or don't do it the way you would do it. But when we're all focused on Jesus, when the smoke clears, then we grow character wise. Stop pushing people so far away. Get up in a small group and invest in it. Stop making the leader lose their faith in spirituality because you don't show up to nothing. That's another talk I'm tired of having. Hey, we we put the emails out, the text messages, the smoke signal. We dropped courier stuff from helicopters, told them what time it was going to be. And ain't nobody show up except my friend from work who said, this is your church? (laughs) And you go, wow. So are you doing it? Stop pushing people away. Small groups help people grow. Son of thunder, apostle of love. You feel me? Stop running and get plugged in. All right. Make it easier for everybody else. Amen. I got to close this thing out. Um, How about Peter? Look at Peter. I love this. This is good stuff. This is Peter. For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory saying, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on that sacred mountain. What's he talking about? You think it had an impact on, on Peter? Absolutely. And what did it do? He said, man, we saw that stuff. So, so the prophetic message that we hear, we believe it. It's confirmed. It's confirmed. These aren't fables. These aren't made up stories. We saw Jesus as a man. He like lifted up the tent of who he was. And we saw the weight of his existence, his essence, his glory. We saw it. Don't tell us they're just made up stories. Because they're not. So the scriptures are reliable. And you would do well to pay attention to it. And not just read it. But do it and live it and be it and drink it and eat it. And pray it. He had had an impact. (coughs) Excuse me. And in closing, I thought this was interesting. 1 Peter 5. What did Peter become in the church? He became an elder. Peter. Kind of hard-headed, impulsive, no filter, say whatever's on his mind. Yay, Peter! You're awesome. You are Satan in the next five seconds. I mean, he's just all over the place. I will never leave you, Jesus. A little girl comes up to him. I don't even know who Jesus is. Yeah, you don't know. I blow your eye, you know, I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. Right? Just he's all over the place. But look, he he becomes a stable force in the church. Do you think that happened just because he attended services? No, he didn't. He humbled himself to relationships in his life, to the, the word of God, to prayer. He connected. He got rebuked sometimes, but he got called higher. And he was the one preaching the message to get the church going. Transformation happens. When we pray, power comes upon us, and we get that purpose in our minds that it's not just about us. It's about going out in this world. And I'm grateful that we get to see some elders appointed later on today, as we, as we serve together. My time is up. I'm going to say a word of prayer, and we're going to take the Lord's Supper together. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we are inspired by the, the example of Jesus. Father, help us to remember him at this time, just how he, he invested in relationships. He loved people. He He was willing to say hard things to people. But he would also just extend so much love and grace and patience, unlimited patience. Father, help us to remember that about him. How how when he pulled people close, he wasn't playing favorites. He knew that they would be powerful to help others. Father, help us to remember that about about Jesus right now as we take the Lord's Supper. We remember his body that was hung on that cross. It's an unjust situation. But he hung there. Help us remember that. Help us remember the blood that he shed when we drink from this cup. And help us to celebrate that we get to participate, brothers and sisters, arm in arm, and we get to celebrate not only the life that he lived, but the fact that he is coming back. And we will see him in his full glory, not just the, the little bit that they saw on that mountain, but his full glory. And even this creation will be what it was meant to be. And the new creation will come. The new heaven. Wow, we can't wait. We thank you for allowing us to have these types of soul-to-soul relationships, deep, non-superficial, so that we can go out and change the world for you in the name of Jesus. And we pray in his name. Amen. Amen. (music) Thank <music> you.